2: Welcome to the show. In fact, this is the last date day edition of the Word to stand up for life for three weeks until three weeks from now because we're going on vacation. Not that we're thinking about vacation, but we're going on vacation. Uh, I just told our producer that vacation, Paula, starts the the minute third service is over on Sunday. We are done. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you.
3: Uh, I'm having difficulties for you listening audience, because you can hear me, but I can't hear you. So if I sound strange when Ron asks me something or something, go- it's because I'm not able to to hear. So anyway, I'm happy to be here.
2: And I'm just happy I'm not the difficulty this time. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the difficulty for yeah, you. Yeah,
3: that's a praise the Lord for real, huh?
2: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. This is obviously the word to stand in for life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and Paula is live in studio with me. We would love your questions, ladies, especially for you. You can dial
3: 210-340-9585,
2: 210-340- <laughs> or you can call toll-free 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. We can send them in using our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car and want to talk to Paula today, you can use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now button, and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, you got to be brilliant today because nobody's going to hear from you for three weeks.
3: Yeah, this is a lot of pressure um, because I'm not normally brilliant. So let's see. We try to Holy Spirit rain down on me right now. <laughs> Give me that wisdom from above. Um, but anyway, yeah. But um, but I, I think I'm naturally like unbrilliant. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it makes you look good. Yeah, oh. yeah we're, the Lord put us together for a reason. I, I'm waiting to hear something. Mm-mm. No. Let me take that off. Okay,
2: moment. so just talk. So I'm just
3: talking. Okay, so did you all listen to Sarah's Sweet Summer Devotion? Did I hear some of you say no? Well, then you should. Mm-hmm. Go to CalvarySA.com, and you can go to either the women's ministry or uh, I think it's recent uh, teaching. Re- recent studies. Uh, and you can go to um, Sweet Summer Devotions. Mm-hmm. Sarah, she was, I thought, brilliant. Um, and she's so cute, you know. I, you know, I never know what the ladies are going to say, but she said because they have 40 minutes to speak. And first thing she was saying, she wrote six chapters. I was like, oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> But um, she just was, I thought, brilliant. She identified. Um, she she was afraid that she didn't know who she was, you know, where her ident identity uh, lay, and so. And that started about it at middle school all the way through college, trying to find herself. And she went through different periods and, you know, trying to be accepted. You just get into um, every, every kind of group you can to try to fit in. And she just wasn't really that, that hole that's in your heart will only be satisfied by jesus um and so she i think she came came to that realization later on but um then she her chapter two was the darkness of sin and um you know a lot of us are like sarah was and we our flesh is just like that to this day it, it wants to be in control calling the shots and and she was quite open uh she said calling the shots, especially with men, and she said also that her worst accountability partner was herself. And uh, she, uh,
2: she... She said for a while, I listened, to, she said for a while that her, her uh, only accountability partner was mm-hmm, her. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, and she, that's the worst, yeah, and it was all about her happiness. And um, that's just total selfishness. And life didn't get better, it got worse, even though there were some exciting times. And she says um, that Satan puts temptation in front of us in order to destroy us. And man, is he ever professional at tempting us and, and desiring to destroy us. And so at one point she said she just played the dating game. You know, she would date to just get get guys interested and then drop them like a hot potato and move on to the next. And, you know, I don't know how many are out there like that because we think with our bodies that we can have some kind of control. And actually, Sarah is lucky to be alive, probably, and not have a bunch of um, diseases that she has to think about. Um, God protected her. And so... um, her third chapter was he makes all things new and for those of you out there listening you know i'm just kind of giving you some of my notes but it's really better to listen um yeah and it's even better to be here uh, up close and personal because we turn the live stream off after the teaching's over and then we have a, a question and answer time and those are the real intimate you know Times where you can ask a question,
2: and a couple of things that you have already mentioned, uh, because I listened to the, the playback.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, a couple of things you mentioned obviously came from the Q and A because they weren't in the the presentation.
3: You mean from my notes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think it was pretty much all in the presentation. Yeah, I didn't. The after notes are, are, are later. I didn't write any, but yeah, no, she was pretty thorough about her her sin, but he was make you know third chapter he makes all things new and aren't we just thrilled that he does she was kind of like me in this regard she says she was looking for a man to go to church a man who would lead um, because she had always been the leader you know of her own self even though she really wasn't even a christian you know how we can be we can just be praying and go to church and play the play the part but she wasn't even a believer. And so <laughs> the the man who she's married to now, when she first met him and they were starting to date, it was a long-distance relationship, he just told her, you know, I perceive that you are not a Christian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as, a, as a pickup line, that, that's probably not going to work very very often.
3: Yeah, no, but he, he just had gotten to a place in his life where he wanted to live right, and he was wanting uh, a woman who would live right and he just knew it so on december 11 2010 is when she got saved and filled with the holy spirit she didn't know the the more of life that christ has for us and you know where he says if you abide in me and i abide in you you could ask what you will but well, don't we want to have that void in our heart filled and really we always want to belong to some group some family and now she's in the family of God, and to know the, that she was now a daughter of Christ, she actually prayed this: um, "Show me the depth of my sin, <laughs> <laughs> so that I can see the depth, uh, depth, D E P T H of your grace." Not many of us pray, "Show me the depth of our sin," you know. You know, you say this quite often, and I have too over the years. You know. Okay, Lord, search my heart. And then I give them to like 1001, 1002, 1003. Okay, good. Thank you. Nothing? I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and so um, she really wanted to know, and, and, and that, that breaks your heart. But if you really fall in love with Jesus, to know the depth of your sin so that you can see the depth of his grace, then you become a much more grateful person and a passionate and compassionate person, that you're better able to minister to other people. You're you you you're not so quick to look down on others who are sinners, you know. You have a greater understanding that we're all sinners. Even mm-hmm. Christians are sinners.
2: One of the things I say often, Paula, is that the, the unholy spirit is the one that's always looking out at other people. You can always tell if it's the Holy Spirit working in your heart, mm-hmm. because He's revealing the depth of your
3: your sin, evil. my sin, yeah, and
2: and you know a lot of Christians say, well, that doesn't make me feel good. Well, the whole idea is to get clean. Mm-hmm. It's not about feeling good or not feeling good; it's about being mm-hmm. clean, mm-hmm. and then walking in that cleanness. And um, John says that that uh, if we if we walk with him, we have to walk in the light because he is the light. And we can't do that if we're sort of playing games with our confession. Uh, well, if I offended anybody or if if that was a sin or I shouldn't have said that, but you know why I did. Mm -hmm. Those aren't confessions. Mm -hmm. Those
3: are excuses. Well, I was just joking when you know you weren't. Yeah. Yeah, when you know you weren't. Yeah. And then her Chapter (laughs) 4 was Courtship and Purity. She said the word submission made her skin crawl. (laughs) You know, and for most women it's like, Can I get an amen? Amen. It makes our skin crawl. But um, she said there's something really good about dating a godly man. You can hear the room got quiet, you know. Um, And it's never too late to start over. Did you hear that? Ladies in particular, it's never too late to start over. If you've messed up big time and you've been using your body, you know, um, uh, for the wrong reasons with the wrong motive um, it's never too late to start over you can say hey there's a new man in my life and his name is Jesus Christ and he's the godly man that I'm going to serve and that's whether you're uh, single or married and so um, you can start over uh, and she left she was laughing but seriously no one's flesh wants purity you know kind of like Kellyanne Goins, when she did her Sweet Summer Devotion, some of you should go, I don't know how many years ago that was, where she was talking about her cutie patootie, Ellis. And uh, she was like, what's wrong with me? Because he's not making any forward advances toward her. <laughs> and, and he said, oh, no, you're, I'm a godly man, I'm a Christian, and there's no way I'm going to you know, defile you. And she was like, defile me. (laughs) (laughs) But nobody's flesh wants purity. But, you know, he said, no, um, that's not how, that's not how I'm to operate. And, you know, we'll get married eventually. And and then it won't be called defilement. It'll be, you know, I'm treasuring you, delighting in you. Um, But yeah, nobody's flesh wants purity. But to trust what God has for us. Um, You know, she's already been asked, Sarah has, to speak to um, a group of single ladies. Um, Some have been married and, you know, they're divorced, or some were were never married, but they have children by these men. Uh, But she's already been asked to speak to one group in particular just that night would you please come and speak to them because she went on in the chapter four of courtship and purity say if you're living in sexual sin you're robbing yourself you know and that's what you were talking about in particular these last couple of wednesday nights man these studies have been oh tough really (laughs) tough you know i mean good but tough just very direct where uh, a woman, you know, we think we're in control of our bodies. We're giving it out, you know. I mean, you might as well get paid. Um, but you're robbing yourself. Uh, like, like I'm saying, Sarah could have come home with some disease. But you always carry around that guilt and that shame, and then that fear of who knows or what lies in my future. Um, I've I've had intimate relations with how many men and in that all sticks, and so you're robbing yourself. Purity really matters, and then there's no guilt and shame that that comes with purity. No guilt and shame that comes with it. You
2: know, Paula. One of the problems with the world that we live in, the culture, is that we have been brainwashed into believing that there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing shameful. Yeah. That sex is just uh, just a, an alternative um, expression of of love, and we have every right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, Isaiah prophesied this about Israel, but it's true today of the United States. We live in a time where good is called evil, and evil is called good. Mm-hmm. And um, women have been sold the idea that, that it's okay for them to be as promiscuous as men have always believed to have been. Yeah. And, and um, the problem is, and of course as pastor, uh, and Pastor's Wife, we deal with this in counseling all the time, there's so many scars, um, so much damage done to, to uh, our, our value, I don't want to use the word self-esteem. But but our value is diminished every time we give ourselves away to yep. somebody yep. Who, who we're not married to, yep. and um, the world that we live in says it's fine. Well, Sarah, her life was an example of of it's not
3: fine. It's not fine, you know. Yeah, yeah our world says you know, hey, you guys should live together to see if you're compatible. What you know? I mean, that's where how we were, we grew up thinking that was the way it was supposed to be kind of a thing, knowing it wasn't, but thinking it was okay.
2: Hoping it was okay.
3: Hoping it was okay, knowing it wasn't. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Um, And then she went on to, uh, you know, the darkest hour, and we all come to that at one time or another, whether it's um, marriage, family, health, or whatever, where you you just feel Jesus' hand on your face turn your face directly to His. So that, you know, you're, he's, he's looking deep down into your soul to say, I'm right here, but it's got to be you and me. It's, we sing that song, it's just you and me here now. Just you and me. You can't count on anybody else. There's, you know, no husband, uh, no parents, no children can be your idol. Nothing. Your heart has to be just for me. And so he brings all of us to that, to that place where we get to make a choice. Um, and so she, you know, there was, I think, a time in her life, and I don't want to bring all this stuff up, but um, she, she just needed some alone time to be with Jesus to make sure that He was number one. You know, like Abraham, you know, kill your son, your only son, and you know, and then He takes him up the hill, and He's gonna plunge the knife in, and God knew all the time that He wasn't gonna kill him, but Abraham needed to know that God was first, and not Isaac. So, you know, um, there's, there's just a closeness with Jesus when he takes us or allows us to go through those dark times. They're not fun, but they're necessary. And then she went on to chapter 6, when the devil brings the thoughts, because after you come through some thing or uh, situation, the devil's right there to remind you, did God really say, or what kind of Christian are you, or, you know, you're a second-class Christian at, at best, or and, and so she she said, you know, that's when you learn to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So, got anything you want to add to that
2: <laughs> No, I enjoyed uh, Sarah's message. She's funny, mm-hmm. and she's fun. Yeah. Um, um, we've known them, what, now, two years?
3: Two, two or three, I think. Two or three years. Mm-hmm.
2: And... Um, um, you know they're just you, you look at the newness the freshness in Christ and you wouldn't imagine there's that kind of trouble in their in their past and yet that's a testimony to the, the renewing power of God. And uh, her and Jason are, are just really, really a blessing. Mm-hmm. It's also, though, Paula, a good time to remind the ladies that there won't be a Sweet Summer devotion for mm-hmm. the next two Mondays because you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. You don't want to
3: miss any. Mm-hmm. So, so, like, so we canceled them yeah. so because uh, I don't want to miss. So uh, <laughs>
2: three weeks from this past Monday, two weeks from this coming Monday, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. there will be Sweet Summer devotions.
3: Who's speaking? Uh, Sarah, I mean, Myra Joe.
2: Myra jo. No, oh.
3: no, I take it back. It's going to be Shalene.
2: Oh, Shailene. July
3: second, Shailene. Okay,
2: mm-hmm. and you guys will be so blessed. Mm-hmm. Shailene is, is one of Jesus's trophies here. Yeah. At our church. So.
3: I have no idea what she's going to say again, but yeah. I cannot. That's she's like, like really 2nd. shy mm-hmm. in front of people, so yeah. it's
2: going to be interesting.
3: Yeah, I. I you know, when I asked her, I, I was expecting her just, just like for a long, like a minute pause, silence, but she, she said. Okay, right away <laughs> and then she got yeah, everybody gets scared afterwards, but um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah she's, a really she's an
2: example she, she didn't think very much of herself when not at all. She first came to church
3: yeah
2: and she is now just the, the brightest of lights for the Lord mm-hmm. and so full of Jesus confidence I don't want to say self-confidence because mm-hmm. that's not it. It's what mm-hmm. it looks like to the world mm-hmm. but it's Jesus confidence and there is a grace and a peace about her that is uh, just amazing to watch. It's
3: unmatched. She, oh,
2: she's one of those ladies that every time I see her and talk to her, even for a moment, mm-hmm. give her a hug, give her a kiss, mm-hmm. uh, every time I just think, oh, Lord, look what you have done. Yeah. Look what you have done.
3: Incredible. You so, talk about the Lord has been her husband and her children's father. I mean, he has provided everything, that, that confidence you say, um, just a boldness, uh, just faithfulness. Her children, I, the way they've turned out, incredible. That's just all the Lord, because all that she's been through, it's just, mm-mm, uh-uh. no this is all God's work she
2: now understands how how loved by God she is mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. 340-9585 we've got about five minutes left in this side of the program Three four zero ninety five eighty five. 9585 ladies if you have any questions for Paula you can also email those questions by emailing questions at calvarysa.com um, we've got a question I'll do that at the top of the break okay um, until now, let's just get selfish for a moment.
3: You what? know that is not a hard thing. <laughs> Our flesh wants to be selfish anyway. What let's be selfish about what?
2: What are you looking forward to the most on vacation?
3: First two days, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna turn my cell phone off. No, I'm not. Um, just to take a couple of deep breaths. I love my life. So you know, I'm not just really running away from anything. I love my life, um, and so just a couple of deep. Breaths and this year, uh, just your color is back. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna die, so I don't have to worry about closing my eyes and wondering if you're gonna be there when when Dear I wake Jesus, up. Jesus, don't
2: let him die in California. You know
3: what I'm saying? And so, um yeah, no, I'm just looking forward to um, walking down the pier, sitting on our bench, talking and praying. Um, yeah, you know, and I always look forward to coming back home. I really do, but I'm I'm looking forward to just salt air, just relaxing. There's no agenda, I guess. There's no agenda.
2: We have a bench that we sit on, um, same bench. We've been doing it for 10 years now or more. And um, after we get up and exercise, and and then we just... Oh, yeah, that.
3: Every yeah. never mind. the first two days maybe not that. Yeah.
2: but um, we we go and in, we, we invite Jesus to sit on that bench with us and and we wait for the Lord to speak to our hearts and we we talk to him. Uh, we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really, really good time. It's right on the beach, and okay. and hear the waves breaking, see the waves breaking, mm-hmm. and and um, um, it's just it's just our place with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, there was somebody sitting on our bench. Yeah, Tony. Uh,
3: yeah. What's the Hello, our bench. Do you know? Just, yeah. you, can you move over? That's why I asked him. Yeah. Can you please scoot over? This is our bench. <laughs> he scooted over. He stayed there, but it was nice to be able to talk and pray with him, but that's the first time that has ever happened. Yeah. Hope that doesn't happen
2: again. We'll be just as direct.
3: Excuse us. Mm, Pardon me, sir. Don't you know? Um, You know what I was thinking of this morning is it's going to be like 13 date days.
2: (laughs) I'm not that much fun, Paula.
3: No, But I am.
2: (laughs) Okay. So the pressure's on you. Yeah. Okay. I can handle that.
3: (laughs) I love
2: you. We, 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 We sit on the bench. We walk back. We walk on the pier. I uh, sit and watch people fishing that don't catch anything, typically. <laughs> uh, watch the guys and the girls who are surfing. We mm-hmm. like to do that, mm-hmm. and then we walk back to our uh, the place that we stay, and uh, then we get to uh, um, enjoy the rest of the day, do whatever it is we're going to do. Yeah.
3: I think food, all food tastes better by the ocean, don't you?
2: I get hungry the minute I start <laughs> the Salt air. Yeah. And it's going to be, a, we've already checked the extended forecast, it's going to be between 71 and 79 degrees mm-hmm. every day we're there. Mm-hmm. Mostly sunny, it says, yeah. but um, it, it's just it's just great. Yeah. And, and I too, I'm, I'm glad this year, you know, last year I was just two three weeks out of surgery and uh, we didn't even know for sure if it was safe for me to go. The doctor mm-hmm. said it should be okay.
3: Mm-mm, I was scared to death that the, the defibrillator was going to go off <laughs> and you <laughs> Help! Somebody help me! Lord Jesus! He's down, and the thing is going jerking me. I don't want to see that. Not this year. Praise God. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it being a lot more relaxing. And,
2: and I'll have more strength and stamina, so I won't be such a dad. Praise God. Yeah. This is a tough room. Praise God. We are inside one minute for this half of the program. We'd love your live calls and questions at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. We're going to talk, I think, Paula, about um, uh, the last two Wednesday night studies a little bit. Uh, Sunday is Father's Day. Father's Day, Day, yeah. So part of what I talked about last night was parenting issues, so that would be appropriate. Um, But uh, we'd love your live calls and questions. What you have to say is more important than anything that we have to say. This is Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, 340-9585. We will be back on the other side of the break. We'll see you in two minutes.
1: back to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877 kslr now here's pastor ron arbaugh
2: welcome back to the program three four zero ninety five eighty five paula only 30 minutes left before no date day editions. well pastor Kenneth may all be doing date day day edition on thursday
3: yeah that's right
2: and and uh, you know, they're a lot more fun than I am. They're not more fun than you, but they're a lot well, more fun course. than I. Well, of course,
3: And and May, but May is just like way sweeter. <laughs> so I love the different personalities, just the uniqueness of the body of Christ. So different people can hear from other people. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Paul, here's a question that was sent in for the date day show by Richard.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He says, "Is the virtuous woman talked about in Proverbs 31?" Uh, a guideline for men to seek and pray for such a woman nowadays. I'm sure, but not for certain, that there are still some women uh, who can claim all these attributes. I was going to say this question for your day-to-day program for Sister Paula to get her perspective on this passage. After three failed marriages in which I had my share of blame, I continue to ask and pray for the Lord's will in being blessed with such a woman. I wish you both an enjoyable vacation. Thank you for the program. Thank you, Richard, for your blessings, and uh, I hope your prayers while we're on vacation. Paula, what do you think?
3: Well, you know, sometimes uh, the ladies and I, we study this, and... We get the same question, you know, I am just not this person. I mean, look at this woman. She just does everything, you know. um, Her husband can safely trust her, and that's a good thing. Um, But she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Um, she brings food from afar, she rises while it is still night, provides food for her household, portion, she considers a field and buys it from her plant profit, she plants a vineyard, girds herself for strength, strength of her arm, perceives her merchandise, I mean, on and on and on and on. It's like, well, as I'm reading this, I'm getting the attitude, it's like, what's the husband do? <laughs> <laughs> If she's doing all this, she's providing everything. And who wouldn't want that kind of a woman? She, he can just stay home and kick back and do nothing. But the virtuous woman is, um, in the eyes of the Lord, uh, she's just worth far more than rubies. And the first one, that her husband's heart could safely trust her, um, so he will have no lack of gain. I mean, that's, I think that's the virtuous woman that you would look for, somebody who is just um, honest um, trustworthy but to, there's, there, I don't think there is any woman who does all of these things I think that's how you would see her and perceive her um, I don't go out and seek wool and flax and that kind of stuff I'm, I don't know if I'm like a merchant ship bringing my food from afar um, I certainly don't rise when it's still night Providing food for my household, that's a a hard-working woman right there. Um, Don't consider a field and buy it, um, but I do prayerfully gird myself with strength, but that's strength in the Lord, and he strengthens my arms for the battles that he brings. Um, And my merchandise, because it's all him in me doing the work, I know that it's good. My lamp doesn't go out at night because he never sleeps nor slumber, and he is the light. But do I stretch out my hands to the poor? Um, yeah, I try to. Reach it out to the needy. Um, I'm not really afraid of snow for my household. Um, but, yeah, but this is, if you're going out looking for a woman and, and you have this as a list, um, I don't think you're going to find her. She's not going to want, <laughs> I don't think she's going to, you know, she's a Christian. That's what you should be looking for. One who loves Jesus, following him with all of her heart, and this is what you'll, you'll see. This is what you'll have.
2: You know, a couple things, Richard, to, to really focus on here is that um, this, this, first of all, is a poem. Um, this isn't a literal woman. Uh, a real historical person is being described. Um, This is a king uh, who, as a boy, was taught by his mother to look for this type of virtue in a woman. The problem is that we put so much pressure on ourselves to find this woman, and then in so doing, we put pressure on the woman. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought you were the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm -hmm. There's nobody like this on their own. And also, we need to remember that, that this is a time when the Holy Spirit didn't live in people. And so, Paula's... Counsel is, is look for the woman that Jesus that, that knows Jesus loves her. She knows her value. A woman who wants to please him rather than pleasing herself or even pleasing you. And Richard, after three failed marriages, and I'm not judging at all because I don't know you, obviously, but the, the, the idea here is you focus on your walk with Jesus you let Jesus lead you and guide you. You shouldn't be looking for a woman. Uh, you should let Jesus do the looking for you. And he's trying to prepare you for the woman that uh, that, that he's chosen. Um, he's preparing her for you, if in fact that's his will for your lives. But but what you've got to do is you've got to be close to Jesus. I tell the church here all the time, and, and you know, Paula, people just don't believe me when I say this. If you're in the will of God, you can't miss the person that God has for you. Mm-hmm. You cannot miss her or you cannot miss him. The problem is that we go out and start looking. And, and then our emotions get involved. Our, our lust gets involved. Um, um, we, we're looking for shortcuts to make sure that I'm going to get this woman. I'm going to get this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I take flack every time I say this. But, but even Christians, we go online and look for somebody mm-hmm. instead of just serving Jesus, following Jesus to that place where he or she is going to be. Um, I know we live in the 21st century. I know that people do everything um, electronically now. But, but, but dating, marrying somebody, is that something you should leave, leave to, to, to chance? Or to, to, well, I hope she likes me, or hope he likes me. Mm-hmm. I hope they love Jesus. You know, in, in Sarah's sweet summer devotion, uh, her and Jason met online. And, and, and he was in the military, so there was a lot of distance between them, which is probably, if you're going to meet online, the best way to do it, because there's safety there in, in, in terms of the distance. But they met on a Christian website, and after talking to her at length via telephone, in this long-distance budding relationship. Mm -hmm. That's when he said, you know, I don't think you're really a Christian. (laughs) What are you doing on a Christian website? Well, that describes most of the people Mm -hmm. on the Christian website. And and what we try to do is we try really, really hard to um, justify doing what we want to do and then blaming God for it. And then when it doesn't work out, we get mad at God. Mm-hmm. So finding a virtuous woman, a woman of normal character, is hard because by definition there aren't many people who who are really following Jesus wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Don't settle for less than that. Men or women, don't settle for less than somebody who's following Jesus with all of their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, pray, walk with Jesus. As you follow him, you're going to bump right into Right into the person that God's chosen for you, and you're going to know. It's just that simple. You're going to know. Mm-hmm. So, Richard, I, I hope that helps. But um, what you want is a woman, as Paula said, who loves Jesus, yeah, yeah, and is committed. Don't just take somebody who says she loves Jesus. Watch her. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. I, I admire Jason more than ever now for, for him saying, <laughs> and now by, by this time that he's really interested in her, mm-hmm. and she and him. Mm-hmm. And he says, wait, I don't think you're a Christian, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get involved with somebody who doesn't love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens? She gets saved yeah. and loves Jesus, and now we get to be the beneficiary. The
3: beneficiaries, yeah. Yeah, if, Richard, here's, here's a list for you. It's Ephesians 5, starting in verse 25, if you take Pastor Ron's counsel. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. And so that's, and here's here's some more, because this is a big stumbling block in a lot of marriages. Um, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. This is what I'm talking about. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So that's what I, I think my counsel would be to you is to see if you're that kind of man. Ask the Lord, have you been that kind of man? And not look for that Proverbs 30 woman to be that kind of woman for you.
2: And while Paula talked earlier about the the, uh, Proverbs 31 putting a lot of pressure on women, and what Paula just read to you, Richard, puts a lot of pressure on men. uh, I would add Galatians 5, uh, make sure you're a man Uh, whose life is characterized by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. If that describes you again, you cannot miss the woman that God is preparing for you. But the idea here is we are to, it's not pressure. um, We're told in the New Testament to aim for perfection. The fact that we won't be perfect until we're with Jesus shouldn't ever keep us from aiming for perfection. And, and too often we're willing to say, well, you know, I have my share of the blame too. Um, it's, it's not okay to say that. It's not okay to be there where um, you're looking out at others. Make sure you're the man God can trust with somebody he really loves. And when you are that man, I promise you, you will open your eyes one day and there will be that woman. Mm-hmm. The problem, Paula, is we get so impatient. We want what we want. And then, like Richard, we have failed marriages, and a lot of times people just end up getting frustrated with God. So, Richard, I hope that answers your question. One more time, three four zero ninety five eighty five. if you have any live calls or questions. Michelle just wrote into the studio, Paula. She said, how do you reconcile the free gift of grace and eternal life with the story of the rich young ruler? where the young ruler was told to sell his possessions to be complete. Michelle, there's no tension there at all between those things. In fact, this is Jesus himself. Now, remember the rich young ruler came to Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? And um, Jesus didn't answer the question right away. He said, why do you call me good? Now, that was important because Jews believed, and this is a very Jewish story, Jews believed that um, only God was good. So what the young ruler was doing was acknowledging he'd heard Jesus teach, he'd heard about all the miracles, maybe he had seen some of the miracles. And he knew who he was, and he was saying, I'm coming to you because you're good, because you're God. So what do I have to do? And Jesus immediately says, this isn't about what you have to do at all. And the rich young ruler says, well, tell me, tell me. He goes, okay, if you want to obtain eternal life. Now, I'm I'm putting uh, a a cultural paraphrase, uh, Michelle, because I want you to really understand what Jesus was saying. Rich young ruler, if you want to get to heaven without believing in me, all you have to do is be perfect, keep the commandments. By the way, that's exactly the same point Jesus was making in the Sermon on the Mount if you want to be in heaven without believing in me you have to be perfect not only the letter of the law but the spirit of the law and so he said to the rich young ruler which ones and then he told him that the, the, the horizontal commandments not the ones that were vertical between man and God but the way man deals with other men and the rich young ruler kind of holding his breath is how I imagine him Jesus gets through that second part of the, of the, the, the tablet and, and the rich young ruler says oh all these things I've done now we know two things, one, he was lying, he hadn't done all those things, now maybe he'd done most of them, and I'm sure he was a great young man, I'm sure his parents were very, very proud of him, but Jesus says, no, you got to be perfect. So when he said, oh, I've done all those things, but then he said something else, well, what do I still lack? Mm-hmm. He knew I'd done those things, but I know there's this hole in my heart, I know that I've got a, I, I, there's something I'm missing. And Jesus went right to the crux of the matter. He said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Now, he wasn't saying do that to get saved. He was saying to do that because your possessions possess you. You know, it's great to be rich, but if that's your whole life, if that's your security, you're not trusting in God. And the rich young ruler was being told by God himself, that these possessions have the place in your heart that only belongs to God. And so here's how you can fix it. Sell it all, give it away, give it to the poor. And the next verse says that he went away sad, and it's a very strong active word for sad in Greek. He went away really, really sad. In fact, sore sad is the best description. Because he was unwilling to let go of that which held him. So, Jesus wasn't saying, give me your money. Jesus doesn't need anybody's money. What he was saying is, to believe in me, you've got to set everything else. Now, there's something really important here, Paul, that Jesus was saying to him. And the rich young ruler who knew God's word should have known this. What's the very first commandment? Love your neighbor. No, Well, before that... Love even. the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mm-hmm. strength, and mind.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The second, Jesus said, is it's like, like it. unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Well... This rich young ruler really didn't love the Lord with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind. He loved his money more. Mm-hmm. And he was making a choice, and by walking away, he made the wrong choice. So, Michelle, I hope that answers your question. Um, it's a very, very valuable story, especially for those of us who have things going on in our lives that, are, that come before Jesus himself. Father, I know you wanted to talk, it's Father's Day coming up, and you want to talk a little bit about the the last two Wednesday night messages from King David. Yeah, it's
3: been something else.
2: We got 10 minutes, so.
3: Well, that's all we, we could probably take. <laughs> it's been like, whew. you know, you were talking about DNA as a good thing, but it's only a good thing if you know you train up your child in the way they should go by not just words, but by the way you live your life. Yeah,
2: and DNA is a great thing; it's a gift from God. That's why David's sons were so handsome, why his daughter mm-hmm. Tamar was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, I told said last night, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And this was a very good-looking tree. The problem is it was rotten to the core. It was
3: rotten, yeah. It's like a beautiful, beautiful woman, and then she smiles, and she don't have any teeth. But, you know, anyway, um, you were saying that our sin, our lust can get so out of control just doing what we want. And as parents, in particular, you kind of hone in on the fathers because they're going to stand before the Lord with that Ephesians 5, you know, and, and then 1 Peter 3, even, Husbands, you know, be gentle with your wives and training them up. But anyway, um, David was a horrible, he was a horrible husband, but he was a horrible father. And, um, you know, that there's so, in our world, there's so badly this double standard of, oh, boys will be boys, you know, let's get them a condom or whatever, because they're going to do this and that. But for girls, well, it's getting bad now too, but um, it wasn't that way for the longest time, you know, boys will be boys, but if if girls acted like this, they had a bad reputation. Um, But um, David's sons watched their dad, and their dad never disciplined himself, and he didn't discipline his kids either. He didn't even do the, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. He didn't even do that. Um, And so uh, that one of his sons would... Rape his half sister, um, and not be reprimanded at all.
2: There's a lot of. I said last night in the study. There's a lot of weeping, and wailing, but there's no repenting, and and the 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 sons didn't repent because they never saw their father repent, and and while we know David was a great repenter, we have Psalm fifty one as evidence. um, He didn't model that for his kids. And uh, um, a lot of the application from last night's study in particular, Paul, and this is why it kind of ties into Father's Day, is that, you know, what we learn about Jesus is caught rather than taught. Mm-hmm. You know, we can drag our kids to church and we can and uh, have home devotions. We can do all those things. But if in the home they see the dad, and I, I added uh, this to single moms, last night in the study as well. If they see the parent in the home not living what they preach, um, then, then they have no model to follow, and if they don't have a model to follow, they're going to do what comes natural to humans, and that's the sin. David never held his sons accountable. As a result, he lost two sons. One son killed the other one, that son who killed him, Absalom will eventually die. The study last night, he runs away for three years and David's heart is broken because he's gone, but he's going to come back and cause David more problems than than David could ever imagine. And it's all because David never held them accountable. And we got to talk last night, Paul, about discipline in the home. Discipline in our culture is a dirty word. I um, um, but there has to be consequences. We, we, instead of helping our children avoid consequences, we need to teach them to live through the consequences mm-hmm. so that they'll learn not to sin. Yeah.
3: Kids, kids want to be disciplined because that's a sign of true love. You know, if you don't discipline your child, you really hate them. And I think everybody knows that. I mean, we should know that. We want to be told the right way to go. And when we're not, what you're saying is, I don't really even care about you. Basically, that's what David was saying. I don't care enough about you to discipline myself. And so whatever you do, that's just what you do?
2: Proverbs 13 says the man that withholds discipline from his son, uh, the rod is specific, hates him. Yeah. And we live in a culture where um, um, discipline is frowned upon. It's looked uh, on as abuse. And I'm not talking about beating a child, certainly. But um, from from the very early ages, our kids have to learn that there's going to be a price to pay. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason, Paula, that David... Um, didn't discipline his kids It's because he he knew that they knew about his life. And he felt like he'd lost his voice Mm -hmm. of authority. Mm -hmm. He'd lost any position Mm -hmm. um, from which he could talk to them about the way they lived their lives. And what we said last night for Christians... Uh, It doesn't matter how you've lived your life before. In Christ, you're a new creation, and it's time to sit down with your family Mm -hmm. and establish new rules. This Mm -hmm. is the way we're going to live in this house Mm -hmm. because this house belongs to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, instead our children have convinced us that they have uh, a right, you know, we've got the, 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 the amendments to the Constitution. It's almost like... (laughs) Our our children have added another amendment. Uh, I have the right to a cell phone, Mm -hmm. a computer that's going to to cause me to look at pornography and and get me in trouble and listen to gossip and do things. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Parents don't say no anymore. Um, We have children who... Um, lock their doors, or or put signs on their bedroom doors. Keep out. Um, and 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 moms and dads need to say, wait a minute, I'm paying the rent. This isn't mm-hmm. your room; it's mine. Yes,
3: yeah.
2: And I'll walk in here anytime I want to.
3: <laughs> Go we, through all the drawers between the between the mattresses. We, oh we, yeah.
2: We we just lost a sense. <laughs> Did that? You know, when we grew up, Paula, it was in a time, and we're old, so that's that's different. But you're old. Okay, that's right. You're two years younger, than, younger me. than me. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: but um, children didn't run the house when we grew up we were told to be quiet speak when spoken to Mm -hmm. call everybody sir or Mm ma'am and uh, that's just not the way it is anymore adults can't converse without their kids coming and doing anything we just don't teach our kids the, the value of personal discipline and in large part it's because we don't have any ourselves but that has to be able to change
3: Yes, but will it, Pastor Ron, will it? Will people listen? I tell you what, you know, looking at our own kids and our grandkids, I am scared for our grandchildren in this world today. Hopefully you and I will have opportunity to say, Ari, you're a boy, be a boy. You know, we don't have that worry right now, but I think we'll be strong enough to say Asia, you're a girl, act like a girl. You know, it's I don't care what the rest of the world says. This is, let me show you here right here. He made them male and female, <laughs> and you have you have male parts, Ari. You have female parts, Asia. Be that. There's no. Jumping back and forth because you know in our world now you can you can decide what you want to be today
2: <laughs> in California now by law they can take your children away if you tell them that
3: What a sick world you know what somebody <laughs> the kids are expensive so somebody else go ahead you can raise them but seriously that is just sick and wrong
2: yeah, that's that's why it's important that that, that fathers especially um, but but moms and single moms as well stand up for what's right in their homes and live it so that they will have the authority to tell their children this is right, this is wrong, you did wrong, here are the consequences, and that's what you're going to do. And that's the only way it's going to work. And until <laughs> we understand that, uh, it's just going to be a mess. David didn't learn that. Yeah. And the pain, follows was overwhelming.
3: Yeah. I want to be able to say Happy Father's Day because these last two messages, you know, I, I, got to, I was praying for a lady because she didn't do well. You know, and now that guilt and shame and the condemnation that the kids can turn that on them, I want to be able to say Happy Father's Day to the men because they've decided there's a new sheriff in town, his name is Jesus, and I'm his follower, and we're going to do it his way.
2: Yeah. And let me add in our last 30 or so seconds, <laughs> if you really want to have a Happy Father's Day, you got to be a godly father. Yep. So go to your kids, go to your wives, men, and tell them you're sorry. For the way you've behaved. If you haven't been godly, tell him you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you and then tell him to watch you. You're going to change by the power of God. Yes. Polly, you, we won't be back together for now three weeks. On this radio On show. On this radio show. We will have
3: 13 day days. We
2: will see you when we come back. May the Lord bless you <laughs> and keep you. Find somebody and tell them today how much Jesus loves them. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Word to Stand On For Life.
1: Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On For Life with Pastor Ron Harbaugh.